We're continuing uh, in the Gospel of John, reading the Gospel of John from the perspective of trying to understand uh, what God is like, because it is in God that we see Jesus. And uh, we're reading today from John chapter 14. We're basically taking uh, one chapter per Sunday and just picking, picking a section out of that chapter. I will mention that John chapter 14 contains this famous verse um, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And um, Boom Lee uh, preached on that like a month ago when he was here, and I wasn't here. So you've already had that. Um, I will comment to you that, and I've said this before here, that that particular verse is designed as a comfort to the disciples. It's not, not designed for us Christians to use as a statement that we have the truth and no one else does, or that everyone else is wrong and we're right. That's not the purpose of that statement. But that's a sermon I won't go into now because actually Reverend Lee did that pretty well. So I'm going to um, start today from verse chapter, uh, uh, verse 14, chapter 15. And as I mentioned last week, we're now in the section of uh, dialogue between Jesus and his disciples. There's a lot of, it's not even dialogue so much, it's Jesus, Jesus speaking. So John chapter 14, starting with verse 15. It's on the wall if you want, or of course follow your own, your own Bible, however you have that in front of you. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Neither let your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, 
Let us go from here. And I'd like to focus uh, this morning basically on this one little sentence out of this whole passage we read from verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And this whole concept of peace is is a kind of a tough one to talk about because it's a topic that we all know and think about. Uh, it comes across our screens in all kinds of various ways. And it can be pretty general and pretty kind of like it would be nice if everybody lived in peace. You all, of course, remember John Lennon's favorite song, Imagine There's No Countries, It Isn't Hard to Do, Nothing to Kill or Die For, and No Religion To. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Sounds great. It's a great song, actually. Uh, but it's, okay, what does it mean? And what I'd like to do is just uh, pick out two things that I think we can find in this passage that hopefully will help us just think a little bit concretely about what it means to have this peace that Jesus is giving us. But the first thing I want to say is that this peace does not mean that you're going to have great circumstances. Jesus is not saying, I'm giving you my peace, and that means that you're not going to have trouble. The very last sentences, the very last things that Jesus says in this chapter is, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world, who I think in the New Testament world could be seen as like the devil, is coming. And Jesus knew this. He's standing on the eve of his death, of his crucifixion. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. And then he says, rise, let us go. So he says, I'm giving you this peace. Now let's go into the Garden of Gethsemane and be betrayed. I'm going to be betrayed by you and abandoned by you and beaten up by the soldiers and hung naked on a cross, and buried in a tomb. So he's not saying, I'm giving you my peace, and there ain't going to be no trouble no more. That's not it. And I think it's really important for us to remember that. And it's hard, because we so long that our circumstances in life be peaceful, whatever that means. And certainly we should work for that. If I'm in conflict with someone, I should try to fix that up so that we can live in, obviously. There's no promise here that your life is going to be any easier because Jesus is giving you his peace. So how can we make that concrete out of this chapter? There's two things I want to um, point out this morning uh, briefly so you all can get to your Mother's Day lunches. And I have one to get to also, actually. I'm going to be leaving pretty quickly after this. I'm not going to hang around because my mom's expecting me at around noon up at her dinner table, and I have to, I have to do that. So just so you know, I'm going to be out of here. Um, the first one is Jesus says, do not be afraid. 
My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. And this word troubled is the same word, you remember a couple weeks ago at the, at, the, at the grave of Lazarus, where it says Jesus was troubled in his spirit. This is the same word. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now that's a hard one too. Because there is concern, worry, anxiety, fear, uneasiness, disquiet, that is perfectly normal and natural and even life-saving. If a bear is after you, you feel fear and you run. And all you have to do is run a little faster than the slowest guy. That's not so hard. Unless you're alone, then you have another trouble. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a fear, a, a worry, a concern. When, when, when my children are having real trouble, I'm concerned about them. When my partner's having trouble, I'm concerned about her. When I look around at the world, I'm concerned. That, that's, that's perfectly normal. No one is saying, I think, that we should not have this concern, this fear when it's um, appropriate. And there's also a kind of anxiety that, I don't know exactly what word to use, that just comes across us. It just happens to us. It's something we can't control. Uh, some of you were here back in February when I told the story of what happened to me in New Zealand. I got, I got a, a pretty severe anxiety attack. It was so severe that I went to a doctor and got medicine. That can happen. And there's nothing you can do about it. It just happens. So what's Jesus talking about here? And I think he's talking, and I'm, I'm speaking now also from my personal experience. I think he's talking about something, a foundational perspective, a paradigm or a framework upon which we set our feet and from, from which we live our lives. And it's in, in chapter, uh, chapter 14, verse 18, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then he says a little later in verse 23, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. This is a little aside, maybe for the nerds, but if you remember at the beginning of John chapter seven, uh, John chapter 14, Jesus is talking about going away and, and, and the old word is mansions. I'm going to go and build many mansions for you. It's like he's going that way and, and, and Thomas says, well, where are you going? And how do we know the way? And Jesus says, I'm, and now he's reversing the direction. It's a whole other sermon, which I'm not going to preach right now. But he's reversing the direction and said, no, my father's coming down, and we will come, and we will make our home with you. And Jesus says to the disciples, peace is when you know that you are not an orphan. that you are not alone in this world. That there is someone fundamentally 
who made you, who loves you, and in Jesus came to you and showed you God's love and is working to heal and renew and reconcile. And that's a fundamental perspective, a fundamental way of looking at life. But I'm not alone. Even if physically I am alone or I live alone or I don't have any friends or whatever it is, even in that moment of death, I am not alone. I am never an orphan. God in Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, is always there. And I ran across this um, quote from the Catholic priest Henry Nouwen, who, by the way, I don't know if you all know this, happens to be Dutch. He was born and raised in the Netherlands. If you ever um, uh, Google him and um, listen to him, he has a, quite, a, quite a strong Dutch accent. He died like 30 years ago. But anyway, he's written a lot of really good books. But this is a quote of his. We make many attempts to establish the outer world as a safe haven. We're busy making sure that our outer world is safe. Instead of finding a safe haven within and bringing that to the world. And that's what I think Jesus is saying to his disciples. You are standing on the eve of the worst day in the history of the world. And I'm giving you my peace. And my peace is that you are not alone. You are not an orphan. And to the extent that you know that, to the extent that your feet are rooted in that, that's the extent to which you will have a peace that will then enable you, as Henry Nouwen says, to bring that peace to the world. And I want to tell you that understanding this, that you are not an orphan, that I am not an orphan, is not easy. It requires effort. It does not come by itself. This changing of a mentality from being an orphan to being a beloved child. It's not natural to us. And our culture around us does not lead us in this direction. Our culture says you are valued, you will be at peace when this and that is fixed up. When you find the person, right person to love. When you're healthy. When your kids are doing great. Or like you see, I don't know if you've seen these Amazon trucks that are going around nowadays. Have you seen this on the, on the side? They have this warning, may contain happiness. Is the Amazon delivery truck? So every day now we're driving around and hearing the message, well, that truck, in that truck is maybe where you're going to find happiness. Jesus is saying, no, your, your peace comes when you know for a fact and when you're struggling to understand and to appropriate that you are not an orphan, that you are not alone, my peace I give you, regardless 
of the circumstances. And it is going to take effort for you to grasp that. That is not going to happen on its own. It takes work. That's where it is. So that's the first thing. Do not fear. Do not fear. And the second thing is, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I'm really following Henry now in here, who says we look for the safe haven in ourselves, in Jesus, and then we're able to bring that safe haven out into the world. If you love me, Jesus says, you will keep my commandments. We've already mentioned this in the book of John and, and all through the gospel of John and all through the letters of John. This is a big, huge theme. Jesus gives this, this what he calls a new commandment, which is to love God, but to love one another, to love each other. And I read uh, some commentary this week. Actually, it's from Diana Butler Bass, whom some of you know, on this word keep. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And here's what she says. This word for keep in John 14, 15 does not mean obey. And actually, if you look up a Greek dictionary, you will find that obey is not in the definition, the English definition of this word. It means to continue in, to watch over, to attend to, to guard or observe. In other words, if you love me, you will attend to my commandments. If you love me, you will guard my commandments. If you love me, you will watch over my commandments. If you love me, you will preserve my commandments. If you love me, you will care for my commandments. And then she goes on. The word keep used in John echoes a Hebrew word found in Genesis 2.12. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. Genesis 2.15 is not a moral requirement. It's a mandate. It's a commission given by God to humankind to attend to and care for the earth. To keep is that which God bids us or asks us to do, and what God gives humanity the authority, in the good sense of that word, to do. At the heart of the keeping of the earth is the keeping of the commandments. We're called to care for this garden in which we've been placed by caring, by, by, by loving God and our neighbor. We guard creation. We guard justice. But Jesus is saying, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. We're not going to get peace by changing our circumstances. is not going to work. Doesn't mean you shouldn't try to change your circumstances. If you're sick, you should go to the doctor and try to get well. 
If you're mad at your sister, you should try to make it up to her. If you're destroying creation, you should try to do something about that. But that flows out of peace. It doesn't create peace. Peace comes from realizing that you are a child of God. And from that foundation, loving one another. So I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Ask you to think about where are you looking for peace in your life? How is that working for you? It's actually happening. What are you doing? And what role does Jesus play in that what you're doing? And to what extent do you realize and understand that you are not an orphan? That you are not left alone to fend for yourself? It's one of the, 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 the awful things that our secular society is doing for us, is teaching us that we are alone, that we have to do it on our own. Jesus says, no, I've come. God has come. And I'm doing this work. And I'm not leaving you alone. And I will reconcile all things to myself. And that's the peace. Now go, let's rise and go out and face those soldiers and face that cross and face that tomb with love. Because you know, and I say this all the time, what Jesus did on that cross when he was hanging there between heaven and earth, naked. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus knew this peace, and out of that peace, he could extend forgiveness into the world on the worst day the world has ever known. So that's my encouragement to you today. Do not fear and guard and care for and keep one another. And therein, according to Jesus and according to God, lies peace. Quote from Mahatma Gandhi, found this this week. Let the first act of every morning be to make the following resolve for the day. I shall not fear anyone on earth. I shall fear only God. I shall not bear ill will toward anyone. I shall not submit to injustice from anyone. I shall conquer truth, untruth by truth. And in resisting untruth, I shall put up with all suffering. Amen.